This message was brought to you by Christian Service. It is one of the greatest underground podcasts that you're ever going to listen to. At one point, I said you wouldn't listen to, but now, apparently, people are listening to it. Thank you very much. I am your host, Greg the Scott, and today I have with me my Fancy File co-panelists, co-team, co-pilots, co-drivers, busmates, bunkmates, roommates, not roommates, we don't live together, or do we? I'll leave that up to your interpretation. But do- nothing weird, though. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Rexy. Rexy, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Yourself? I think I'm fine. Yes. Excellent. Ex- excellent, indeed. Also with me, to my left, and potentially your left, depending on how you listen to this on the AMFM radio dial, we have the marvelous Mighty Mick. Thank you for having me, Mick. You, Greg, look, Mr. Ballpark. You, who? Greg Ballpark. Greg Ballpark. Isn't that your name? It is now. Greg Ballpark. And I like to hit those dingers way out. Exactly. Dun, da, da, da. You yes. think most people who listen to this know baseball references? I hope so. Probably not, but it should be nice. Yeah, and then I just realized that my baseball references. May not be what they're thinking. Mm. So it's like, well, maybe we should. Anyways. Mick, you are looking pretty good. Thank you. I do my best. It's not much, but it's the best. It's the best that you can do. Yes. And that's what counts. That's what counts. Also, for those that really need to know this, he is wearing the anointed glasses. The best glasses in the game. Now, that's not some weird charismatic thing. Uh, If... If anyone is uh, old enough to remember, it seems that like back in the 80s, all these like preachers wore big, thick glasses. And so Mick has those thick glasses. He looks like a preacher from the 80s. It's really cool. I had to change my glasses. And when I did, I saw that as a wide open door. Oh, the door jumped in. The door has swung open. Ministry's been incredible ever since. Good. Like, I feel like I could take you more seriously now. You should. Right. I have the glasses. Also helps that you're able to see better. See at all. Right here. (laughs) There it is. I've been winging leading worship for a long time because I couldn't read my sheets. You don't want that. No. And last but not least, to my right, potentially your right, or left, on the AM FM radio dial, we have the Melanie. Melanie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fairly indeed. Fairly indeed. I like that. Yes. Melanie, you too are also looking uh, very well. Wow. Thank you. You too, Canadians. Yes, for all of you who are wondering, I'm wearing a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt. It's a hockey team. Lately, they haven't been doing too good. At the time of the recording, I'm not going to make any predictions because the last time I did that, they ended up having their worst start in franchise history. So I cursed the team. I'm Danhausen. 
Yes. But For, no I feel like my that. predictions were on the money. Probably, yeah. So, for a lot of you, we record this months in advance at times. So, we'll say things and then we'll listen to it later and it's like, ooh, I was way off. <laughs> so, it's just best not to comment on world events as they happen because we might be saying something and then you're like, three months later, what? When did that happen? But again, back to Melanie. I'm good. <laughs> good. So, for all of you who are listening, uh, like and subscribe. I think we need to, to say that more often. We are on YouTube. Uh, we are on, you know, who, who knows? We're, we're on Spotify. Yep, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And what was that new location we were streaming from now? Uh, I think it's Wisdom. Yep, Wisdom. But by the, at the time of recording, we might not be on yet. But it's definitely in the works. Yes. Also, Facebook. There is the Fancy Files page, Facebook page. Yes. You can like and subscribe that. Like and subscribe. Just like the page. Uh, Christian Service. It's kind of like the overhead ministry accountability thing. That we, It's the root. It's there. It's the root. So go, go like the root. <laughs> like it on Facebook. Yep. Um, I will say this though. One thing we're not that great at is social media. We're sorry. You can tell it's like run by people who are like doing it out of a shed. <laughs> and we don't even have a shed. Yeah. But if you do send us uh, a message via those two pages, we will definitely get back to you. We do have people that monitor the uh, the direct messages. So 24 7? Yes, I am people. We have like a customer service thing? Yes. And we might be able to send you a shirt, uh, a postcard, a signed picture of a shed. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yes, we have shirts. We got a tumbler. I think you have options. There's a sweater, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those of you who are in cooler climates and those of you who are in warmer climates and like the t-shirts, we got, we got the Fancy Files t-shirt. And we also, there's a red, I think there's a red or burgundy type color. And then there's, then there's the dark ones. Uh, get the dark ones. Don't be the red shirt because you'll end up not coming back from your mission. He's dead, Jim. No, no, oh, there we go. That's good. Did, did you get that reference? The Melanie? <laughs> no, I never get the reference. Oh, so, I think you told me it has to do with Star Trek. Yeah. Uh-uh. Good. Think, yeah. Original series. Red shirts didn't come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, remember. You always knew if Kirk and Spock were going on a mission with two red shirts, Kirk and Spock are coming back with the red shirts aren't. Mm. So, unless they were main characters. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone looks good. I think we're ready to go <laughs> uh, in our great fancy file mission to the great unknown, boldly going where no fancy files has gone before. And and for some of you who are new, you may be asking, what is fancy files? What What kind of name is that? Because uh, we don't dress fancy, uh, mm-hmm. even though not for the podcast. Mick is giving me a look. Uh, <laughs> Mick, by the way, sometimes, and ladies, he is single uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, Mick will dress incredibly well. That's dapper. 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 Yes. He's a dapper. No, yes, dapper. And so so he's fancy. But yes, this comment wasn't brought up so I can talk about Mick, even though I could do that. For hours. Um, so, Fancy Files. So, the file part comes from X-Files. That was uh, 
yeah, we wanted to do that. Because eventually I was like, oh, we're going to talk about Bigfoot and the Bible. And I was quickly shut down. <laughs> so we might get a special one-off, like Fancy Files special. Maybe we're, an April 1st special. Maybe Greg will, yeah. Maybe Greg will ramble on about stuff like that. Maybe some of you, that's interesting. You know, what about Bigfoot or Sasquatch or the Yeti, depending where you're from? What about UFOs in the Bible? But anyways, it wasn't meant to be some weird paranormal thing. But I like the whole files thing, investigation. Uh, and then Fancy. Well, Fancy was the name of, of a ministry that we used to do um, many years ago. And then Fancy became Christian service, where basically like it started off, we were in a church. And then we had like a young adults ministry. And then and then it wasn't a young adults ministry. And then no one really knew what it was. And then it was like, well, maybe we should make this more of a serious thing. So then it became Christian service. And everyone's probably thinking like, what is with the names? Literally Christian service. It was like a template name. Or like, I think Mick just was like, we're going to have a service, a Christian service. And I'm like, well, there's the name of the ministry. So anyway, that's where Fancy Files came from. We took the old ministry name, we put it with files. And now we have a podcast. The more you know. The more you know. I hope everyone's excited over this. So, uh, hopefully over the next few podcasts, we're going to wrap up uh, the series that we've been doing in uh, Colossians chapter 3. We're obviously not going to be going through every single verse in Colossians. I know maybe some of you are listening, but you could say so much more. Yes, we could. Uh, But we also want to go in different directions, and we feel that uh, with the verses we have, that what we wanted to say, we were able to say it. And then potentially, if we would have kept going, we just would have been repeating ourselves. Uh, and I will say this. We do repeat ourselves quite often. Uh, if we're doing 11 podcasts on a specific series, we might repeat ourselves. Now, for some of you, you might really like that. You like being reminded. Other people get a little, you know, flustered. You know, maybe like the the the, the feathers spread like a peacock and they're not happy over this. Whichever camp you're in, if you like it, you're welcome. If you don't like it, we're sorry. Yeah, but to be fair, we do release these podcasts every two weeks, so it's good to have that reminder of a certain point after two weeks, just to make sure that everything flows together properly, right? Yes, thank you. Also, some people out there be like, learned how to land the airplane. No, we didn't take that part of the course. Mm-hmm. So we go and down. We're waiting until we run out of fuel, and down we go. No comment. <laughs> giggles, smiles. Okay. So I want Mick, who is almost like our official Bible reader. And by the way, I just want to kind of shout out to people here that are in this room with me and just kind of like what they do. It's very much appreciated. Ezra is actually our recording guy. Say something, Ezra. Something. Yeah, okay. He's a something guy. Thanks. He makes sure that this thing sounds as good as possible. Because we are not professionals at all. We're just like, when we first started recording, like if you go back to the first couple of ones, and I can tell you this right now, uh, we recorded one in a cabin and there was fire in the background and it was crackly. Didn't have nearly enough microphones. Yeah, I think we were like passing mics around the room, potentially. Uh, And then... Then during the beginning of the pandemic, we really wanted to record some and we ended up doing it like online and it sounded like, I know there was one, I recorded it on my phone and I sounded like I was in a tin can. Mm. That was our tin can days. Yep. And then we finally got more serious and uh, we have 
better recording material and we want to get better. So Ezra, you know, he does a lot of work there. We thank you, Ezra, for all you do. And all our listeners thank you that they don't have to hear me talking out of a can. Thanks, Ezra. Always a pleasure. Then we got Mick. He's the official Bible reader. Yay. And the best looking one in the room. Uh, He's not wrong. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Yes. But he also brings his expertise of years of Bible study. And uh, ministry. And ministry. He is an incredible help to this group, and we just want you guys to know that, just in case you're wondering what we do. And then we also have Melanie, who is the token uh, girl of the group. (laughs) Great. Everyone gets a really nice compliment, and then I get the token girl. I'm not done. Okay, go on. cut me off. Go on. Go on. And she brings... This is where I I dig my own grave. I'm waiting. And she brings lots of expertise, uh, and, and it's good to have a woman's perspective Mm -hmm. you know and uh because obviously men and women will see things differently Mm. and and that's good it's good that we have that and uh so we appreciate uh your knowledge and and we will say this about melanie is she is a firm defender of the faith she will not back down on what she believes she's that if she's the only one running into battle with a sword she'll run Mm. she's going in so that's uh that's her is that is that better you did good okay thank you yeah and then, of course, we can't forget our fearless leader, uh, Greg the Scott. Greg the Scott, yes. I am the host of the Fancy Follow, which I said at the beginning. Can we compliment you now? You can tell everyone how good looking I am. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. No, but honestly, we're very blessed to have you because um, Greg is kind of like our spiritual leader. And so he really takes care of... Well, you know. I'm glad you feel that way. Well, I mean, he's... He's like, he's, what? He's like the person who, like, any one of us can go to for advice, for anything. And he's just very present and selfless. And um, we're just so blessed to have him. And he's a really good host, and he has a really good radio voice. I do. I have the voice for radio, but not the face for radio. No, I have the face for radio, but not the face for TV. Oh. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't That's know, not man. not true. Well, some people have good voices and some people have good faces, but not both. <laughs> I don't know. Kidding, have I'm you kidding, seen Mick? That's true. Mick, Mick's got both. No, nah, I'm kidding around. That's what men do. They joke. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. But I do think feel it was important to, you know, you guys listen and, and we got more uh, people listening in and they maybe don't know who... Who we are and sometimes we have other people who will join in like uh you know we have robin who is uh ezra's uh wife uh the tag team and sometimes you know a tag team in wrestling someone gets hurt in wrestling so the robin's on the dl the ir the yeah. injury reserve list which she'll be back yeah. she'll be back ready to go and then we'll have two ladies the christian service medical center yeah <laughs> So yes, but we we do miss her. Maybe some of you who've been listening for a long time uh, remember that you know she contributed as well. So, uh, and hopefully as time goes on, we'll get we'll have guests on. And mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll see we'll see we'll see about that. These guests will come in that like no one else will know, and we'll be like they're guests to us. And also shout out to my mom. Hi, Greg's mom. <laughs> Thank you for listening, mommy. It's true. Thank you. And if you write in, we'll give you a shout out too. And a postcard. We will shout out your moms. Mm. as well like like you know like mike wrote in shout out to mike and his mom listen thank you 
All right, Mick, I want you to read um, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 6 and 7. Actually, no, start at 5, 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Excellent. Well Amen. done. Amen. Amen. And that is why we get Mick to read the scriptures. He's got a perfect voice. Is he reading from the ESV? Oh, no. the New King James? New, New King, King James. James. Ooh. I lost my oh, ESV. Oh, right. That's it. We're getting really close to the real inspiration of the King James. I'll just leave it there for a few people to get all triggered over, and that's okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is, uh, you know, we like to joke around. We are very serious about the word. We're very serious about doctrine, but we like to joke around as well, just so you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last time we recorded, we got into verse 5. So we know we're going through, uh, we were talking about identity, how important identity is. And then we, from the scriptures, what Paul wrote, talking about who we are, what we are in Christ, and then he goes into how we need to put to death all these things, all these sins. And we talked about the sins last week. Now, I know this. Talking about sins, talking about lists, not popular. Gonna upset, upsetty spaghetti some people. And I'm not just talking about people who aren't Christian because that will upset you spaghetti them. Uh, but Christians will get upset when you mention lists. Now, I just want to clarify this. We're not reading these lists and even calling out sin or naming sins just to be like, look at what we're doing. Look at us. We're brave or like, you know, we want to upset people. That's not the goal. Mm -hmm. We read the scripture and we need to talk about it. We can't just gloss over move on, ignore, explain away, beat around the bush because we know it upsets people. Sin is very serious. And we're going to see that in in what we're reading today. And as Christians, we can't mess around with it. And now I know that when you put a list out, especially today, because today the biggest sin you can commit is calling something a sin. Oh, that's good. Okay. If you, especially in what is called the tolerant crowd and the tolerant crowd, by the way, is redefined tolerance because mm -hmm. it used to be tolerance was two people who had two different of opinions and can express those opinions and still get along. Mm -hmm. Today, tolerance means you need to, well, not everyone would agree with what I'm going to say now, but for a lot of people or some people, I should say, it means not only do you affirm what they're saying, you celebrate it. Uh, and if you don't affirm or celebrate it, well, death from above. Mm. We're raining fire on you. you We're going to cancel you. Yeah. Yeah. Today, tolerance means agree. Exactly. So we know that by naming sins, like there's, you, you read the list and you can talk about covetousness and idolatry. And for the most part, people are not going to get angry because most people are not going to think they do that. But, but specifically sexual sin, people are going to get angry. Mm. Uh, and they're going to, why are you saying this? And, and then they'll think you hate them. I want to say this. We don't hate anybody, no matter what you do. We don't hate you. Now, there may be Christians out there that are people who call themselves Christians who do hate. And you'll see them. They're like protesting stuff and they got their signs. God hates this. God hates that. A true Christian, that is, we find that offensive. Mm -hmm. um, 
we don't believe in going and protesting funerals. That did you see Jesus going and like standing outside of funerals and yelling at people? If he's at a funeral, he's raising the dead. Are these people doing that? No, they're just upsetting people. Uh, like really going out of their way to do that. So it, you know, when you we know that by reading a list, that people could get upset, and maybe you struggle with one of these sins, uh, or maybe you have family members who live out this, or friends, or neighbors, or coworkers, and you hear it and you think, oh no, how how am I supposed to respond? Because these people who live this lifestyle, they're they're nice to me, or I love them, I and mean, that's fine. Continue loving them. Just because someone is in sin doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, this vicious monster that's ready to devour you. People struggle. People and people will live in sin. And I just want to say that because I want you to understand that, that we're not when we read these things, it's not that we have a vendetta against somebody. It's not that we hate somebody. Everyone in this room will know people who live a certain lifestyle that scripturally we do not agree with. But as people, we love them. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we think about Jesus when the Pharisees caught this woman that was caught in adultery and brought her and, and well, she was caught in adultery. She needs to be stoned. What did Jesus do? He gets up. He says, he that's without sin cast the first stone. And they were all convicted and they all left. Now, what, what does Jesus, what does he do? Does he beat her up? No. He goes, where are your accusers? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they're not there. Well, neither do I condemn you. Then he says, go and sin no more. Jesus never said to that woman that what you did wasn't sin. Mm. But within the gospel, anyone who comes to Christ, the condemnation that they were once under is now gone. So if you're living in sin, no matter what it is, a sexual sin, idolatry, if it's you know materialism, uh, if you if you're you know you have murderous thoughts, if you're a liar, we can go on and on. You come to Christ in faith, he will no longer condemn you. But then he'll say, Go and sin no more. He is saying that what you're doing is sinful, but he ex- he will bring you in. He loves you. So that's how we respond to people. It's not that we go, oh, it's not a sin, but we don't need to go and throw stuff at people. There's this phrase that I I was told as a kid, and I remember it to this day. God loves you as you are, but he loves you enough to call you to change and be better. And uh, I feel like that fits uh, what you were trying to say. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, Now, you will hear a lot of Christians, they don't want to mention sin. And this kind of, just a quick direction I want to go in here. Um, one, the Bible does say that through the law is the knowledge of sin. Mm-hmm. So the word of God is going to define to us what is right and what is wrong. But that in itself does not give us the power to stop. That comes through, through the gospel, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, so you will have people out there, well, you don't need to mention sin. And I've even heard some say the Holy Spirit will show them. Is that true though? Mm. Like as a preacher... Do you never get up? And like, if you come to these verses, do you ignore it? Because the Holy Spirit will show them. Now, yes, the Holy Spirit will convict people. That's true. When you get saved, you may not know something is wrong, but the Holy Spirit starts dealing with you. But what about to the unredeemed? Mm. Do they know Mm -hmm. specifically 
that what they're doing isn't sin because their conscience has been seared. Mm -hmm. So actually the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And again, that by the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul said he didn't, he didn't know what was sin until he saw it. And he says, even though the law is good, it doesn't give the power to change. So I, you know, I feel that when people say that, it's because there's actually, they don't want to, and I don't want to broad brush everyone, so I don't know everyone's motives, but I think some people when they say, don't talk about sin, it's because they don't want to upset people, they don't want to offend people, but the problem is, and, and, and I do get that, like, nobody wants to go and upset somebody and wants to offend somebody, but I think there is an issue there, which is, some people care more about offending people than they do about offending God. I mean, if you think of the, the whole sentence, you know, the love the sinner, not the sin, right, which is always kind of brought up. And uh, for most, pe- most people who've been in the church for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, have probably heard it on and on. I think it, it came as a response to this fire and brimstone kind of preaching of people being always like, pointed at for their sin but i think we've kind of lost that in the translation and over the years and this idea of you know love the sinner not the sin we we completely forget the fact that it's not the sin that is sent to hell it's the sinner and so i think it was rc sproul that said something like that and so we need to remember right as you're saying it's through the preaching of the word that the holy spirit convicts Mm. and so if we jump over the parts that the spirit might use to convict someone, then essentially we're choosing who gets to go to heaven, who gets to go to hell, because we choose how the spirit can work and to whom. Yeah, yeah, good point, yeah. Now it's important to remember that these lists are in the Bible, and it's not just in the Old Testament. Paul is defining what is not acceptable in God's sight. And you see this throughout Paul's writings where he will mention this is a lifestyle that if it's continuously lived, a person will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Oh, you'd be, oh but now you're saying it's works. No. It's, what it's saying is, is that if your life looks like this constantly, there may be a chance that you actually never really knew God. There was no spiritual transformation. So it is important. Like We do need to see these lists. It's like, I think of it this way. If you have a, a medical problem and you know something is wrong, you feel it in your body. If you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, I don't want to hear about symptoms. I want to know your story. But I don't want to hear about symptoms. I just want to talk to you. And then you just chat and shoot the breeze and now the doctor knows you better. Does that actually help you? No. No, it doesn't help you. See, if you go to a doctor's office and you have a problem, you need to specifically define what your symptoms are. Because then that can tell the doctor what the root problem is. And then they can deal with it. In this case, when sin is defined, it talks about the root problem, which is by nature, there's this evil nature within us that manifests itself through acts of sin. So it's like we're not sinners because we've sinned. It's, It's we at our core have a nature that's evil. And then it produces that. It's like fruit, but bad fruit, obviously. So God is going to define it and show us this is not right. And if you don't take care of this, 
then it will destroy you. So it's not to be mean. It's not because God is a killjoy. It's not that we're killjoys, even though some people might be. But it's that we love God. We want to serve him. We want to glorify him. When you become a Christian, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is your focus. Jesus is your love. And if you if you truly love somebody, you're not going to want to do things to upset them. You're married, you're in a relationship, and your husband or, or wife says what you're doing upsets you, but your response is, don't tell me lists. Don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong. I don't want to hear that. You're going to keep on upsetting your spouse. And if you keep on upsetting your spouse and doing things that really ticks them off, how long do you think you're going to be in that relationship before it turns ugly and sour? But if you truly love somebody, it doesn't even have to just be in a, in a relationship like that. Even friendships. If you are doing something to upset your friend and your friend tells you, this hurts me. Like, it hurts me. The way you talk to me. The way you treat me. How you gossip about me. You know, it hurts me. I don't like that. And the friend goes, I don't want to hear that. Because what you're saying is attacking who I am. How long are you going to be in a friendship with that person? No, And then you lose friends and then you're isolated and alone. And live the rest of your life miserable. There's some people who are like that. They don't care. They will be arrogant. They will be rude. They love it. They don't care. It's the same thing with God. If you're a Christian and the Bible defines this is sin that hurts God. And your reaction is I don't care. Then you have a problem. You care more about you than you do about the Father. Mm. And that shows pride. And then ultimately, for the non-believer, is if they did not want God in this life, Mm. they're not getting God in the next life. And that means hell. Hell is real. Just because it upsets people, we're not going to ignore it. It's real. And there's going to be billions and billions and billions of people who stand before God will give an account. They will see that they're guilty and spend eternity in hell. And people are going to be like, why didn't anyone tell me? I had Christian friends. Why didn't they tell me? What's God going to say? They don't want to offend you. They don't want you to be upset. They wanted to build relationship with you. Well, when you are at that moment that you're about to enter eternity forever with no chance of parole, with no second chance, at that moment, you're going to care more that your friend told you that your life was wrong in the sight of God than whether or not they patted you on the back, gave you a kiss, gave you flowers, and sent you on your way. Made you feel good. Because that's all temporary. That's why it's important. It's not to go out all the time and start throwing things at people and, and getting them upset. But if you can't even talk about it, Biblically, and that's another thing, Christians need to learn how to address these things biblically. If you can't do that, then should you even be calling yourself at times a Christian? Ultimately, yes, we love people. And because we love them, we want to tell them the truth in love. And yes, I know that there's Christians out there who can be rude, they can be mean, they can come across as arrogant. We know that. It's hard. And some people, there may be as Christians, in their heart, issues with that. But just because some people are mean and rude and unkind does not take away from the truth 
of the reality that truth needs to be spoken. Okay. I want to go into verse 6 now. We move on. We move on. Verse 6 says, after he told us to put to death all these things. And by the way, the fact that Paul is telling Christians to put it to death means that Christians can still do this. Yep. Mm -hmm. You as a Christian can yeah. still fall to all sorts of sins. Christians like to think, there's like the pet sins, it's like the sins that they think, well, you know, everyone falls to these things. But it, you, as a Christian, you can fall to some awful, awful sin. Ugly stuff. Mm -hmm. Stuff that we point at the world and going, oh, that's terrible. You can do the same thing if you don't put it to death. I, I agree. When I was a child, my father used to tell me this story. He used to claim it was true, but over time, it, you know, it's, it's not a true story. But he would tell this story uh, about a boy who, would, who found this little baby rattlesnake in the field as he was playing. And rather than killing it when his mother saw it and said, no, like, kill that now before it like, hurts you, uh, he kept it in a shoebox in the barn and let it, he fed it, he would play with it. And as it got older, it got bigger and its teeth got bigger. And one day he comes home from school and he finds his dog dead with snake bites in its face. And eventually he has to find and kill the snake because now it's dangerous. And he ends up getting bit, trying to kill it then while it was a fully grown rattlesnake. And... The same thing is true in the life of a Christian, and I can attest to that in my own life. There were some situations, some sin that I was dealing with in my life that at the time I recognized it was sin and I was trying to like eliminate it, but not enough of an effort, unfortunately. And that sin got bigger and got worse, which then led to another worse sin, which then got bigger and worse, which then led to another sin. And as you mentioned in a previous podcast... It ended up staying longer than I wanted. Mm. I paid more for it than I wish I did. And it got worse than I expected it would. And it's true in the life of every Christian. You see them with their pet sins. And often when they're older, they tell you, I wish I had nipped that in the bud when it started. Yeah. Because now I'm paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, just that quote is, when you're dealing with sin, it will keep you there longer than you want to stay. It will make you go further than you'd ever want to go, and you'll pay more than you ever wanted to pay. You can't entertain sin like it's a date. Take her out, and then it's like, well, this wasn't very good, and that's it. You know, the, with sin, you take sin out, sin ain't leaving. Mm. You open that door, sin's coming in, and it's squatting. It's going to stay for as long as it can, and the only person that can evict it is Jesus Christ. But you need to apply all the things that scripture teaches about how to apply it to evict it in your life. That means you got to read the scriptures. And I do think that's probably where a lot of problems come from. Not all problems, but a lot of problems within the church world, probably in the West today, is the lack of reading of scripture. Or if they are reading scripture, it's some weird translation that makes no sense and sounds more like 1980s rock lyrics than it does the word of God. The Passion Translation. Whoa, we're calling out apes. Yeah, well, that that's just adding stuff. That's like, mm -hmm. like not even a word, and then and then like, oh, this is my prophetic uh, utterance to it. Yeah, don't do that ever. Mm, never. Get yourself a word for word translation. Mm -hmm. Read it daily. Read it constantly. Meditate on it. Let the word of God renew your mind and thinking. 
Yeah. Make it so number one. <laughs> mm. I got uh, got some winces on that one. Um, which things, verse six, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience? I'm reading from the King James there. Spoiler alert. Trigger warning. Um, there's a few things I want to bring out here that I think is important. Okay. Because you may think, well, why does God put lists in? Because God, God hates sin mm-hmm. because of what it does. Mm. He creates man in his own image. He c- creates man in his own image. And then man rebels against God. I read something, because, and, and we believe this. I believe in creation account. I believe in the Garden of Eden. Amen. And when God gave the commands to Adam and Eve, you can have any tree, eat from any tree, mm-hmm. except the one. Okay. And I actually heard this, I think it was, it was the pastor of Times Square Church that said this. And um, I think he said that, I don't know the name of his botanists or the scientists that deal with trees. Yeah. And he said that there are something like 60,000 species of trees on the planet. And then he goes, if, and forgive me if, if I don't know if Pastor Tim's going to listen to this, but if he does, forgive me for botching this, the statement. But let's just assume for a second that all of those species were there in the Garden of Eden, 60,000 trees. They had access to 59,999 trees. And they were only told not to touch one. And yet, <laughs> yeah. And then and then here comes Satan. Oh, no, 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 no. Forget the 59,000. Forget the 60,000 minus one. You want that one. You want the minus one. And they fall. Now, what an insult to, the, to your creator. Mm. Okay? Like, we're insulted for less. You know, you show up to a party and you bring food and someone insults it and you're insulted. We are insulted for so much less, but then yet we get upset that God can be insulted. No, God has every right to be insulted. Amen. He is your creator. He gives you life. Even when you rebel at him and say he doesn't exist, he's not real, it's a fairy tale, yet he still holds you in his hand. Mm. And in his grace and mercy, he, he, he could snuff you out just like that. Gone. But he doesn't. Why? Because he loves you. Mm. And he wants you to repent and come to him. But what holds you back from repenting? Your sin. What holds you back? And remember, you were created by God and for God and to glorify him forever. I'm slightly misquoting that wonderful quote. I forget. What is it from, Mick? The Westminster uh, Catechism. What is the whole quote? The chief end? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. You were created by God and for God. The reason why you feel empty, the reason why you feel like there's something missing is because you do not have a relationship with God. And for the Christian, you feel something's missing. It's because your walk with God ain't what it should be. Let's leave that with you there for a second. Okay? We were created by Him and for Him. And if you are not experiencing what you need to experience as a human being from the Father, it's because of sin. Sin makes you an enemy of God. You are at war with God. You don't want him. You at your core hate him. 
And unbelievers will say, some of them will say, I don't hate God. Like, there, there's some believers out, and, and I know we get upset with them. Those, maybe they're atheists, and they'll come out and say, I hate God. But they're actually being honest. Let's give credit where credit is due. These people are being honest. They're saying what the other people won't say. Mm-hmm. Because those non-believers, at their heart of hearts, if you were to tell them, if you were to define the true biblical God, not a nice fairy tale, but at the actual God in all of his glory, and even with his wrath, people will say, I don't like that God. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're at war with that God. One thing that I question is, as you're saying, people get upset when they say, see the lists of sin, and they're like, oh, well, why, why does he have a list? Would you rather he didn't? Mm-hmm. There are some gods in mythology that don't have a list. They'll snuff you out because they feel like it. Mm-hmm. But God loves you. He loves us. Every single human being on earth, he loves them deeply. And he longs for them to come and return to him, to repent and be renewed. Mm. God is not willing that any should perish, that, that all would come to repentance. The reason he gives us a list is the same reason you go to your spouse, your girlfriend, your best friend, and say, hey, look, what you're doing, this, it, it's something that bothers me. I feel hurt when you do that. The only difference is God asked somebody 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years ago to write down, this is what I've told you hurts me. Mm. Make sure that people know what hurts me so that they don't do it. Beyond the fact that it's, it's, there is wrath to sin. But if we're going to focus on the relational aspect per, for the moment, he gives the list because he loves you. He right. doesn't want you to like ignorantly do something that calls down his wrath. It's the same reason we have laws written down in our society. Mm. These are the things our society does not want you to do, and you will be punished for doing them. Yeah, We have them written down so people will know. God has given us his word. He has given us the law so that we will know what is sin so that we don't ignorantly offend him. Mm. And I think that's infinitely better than Zeus being in a bad mood and striking me with lightning because he just felt like it. Yeah, if you ever had a sibling that, and I'm not saying I did, I'm just saying, if you ever had a sibling that they were just in a bad mood one day, they'll just start like trying to go and upset you, punch you, hit you. So, you know, that's you don't want a God that's like that. Mm. It says, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. Just that list that God gave, it's not just exclusively there, but sin, God's response to it is wrath. That's his response to sin. Do you know when Jesus died on the cross, the cup that he drank from was the wrath of God? When Jesus was on that cross, he was bearing the full wrath of God because of sin. What we should all have received, he receives it for us. But if you don't want the sacrifice of Christ, hey, you you have free will. You can say no. Yet, you will be punished. Mm. You will be punished. God will let you live your life. That's your reward. For choosing not to follow him. You get your reward now. To live this life apart from him. I mean that is ultimately wrath in the end. But just to understand my point. Because then 
when you die, you have to give an account to the, your creator. And everyone recognizes that, I mean, some people are like, why would that happen? Let me ask you this. How do you feel about living in a country where if somebody commits a crime and they're not brought to justice or if justice does not take place, people get really upset. But you just think if somebody shoots somebody, specifically if it ends up being like, say, a white person shoots a black person, the black person dies, that person goes to court and they get off. The outrage. Mm. Okay, the anger that builds up in society. How could that happen? Okay, if a cop does something, if they go out and commit crime, the thought of a corrupt cop angers us. Okay, if they go out and commit crime, no one's like, well, that's their freedom. No, people get angry. Yeah. How would you feel living in a universe where a Hitler isn't brought to justice for what he did Hmm. by their creator? And he just lets them off? No, it's good. In you go. Into, into heaven. You didn't follow me, but that's okay. I love you. Most people would be angry by that. We live in a culture, we live in a society that has rule of law. We believe justice needs to be served. And that's been put in us. And the same thing for God. God will judge and bring to light all the evil that's been done. All the things you think you got away with. And there's people that have got away with some terrible things. Never been caught. Sometimes never even known it happened. Yet God sees. And he will bring that to light. So you have two options. You either accept what Jesus did on the cross for you. He died for your sin. And you put your faith in the sacrifice. That he took your wrath. Or you face wrath on judgment day. Yes. Um, what I wanted to say is, um, heaven wouldn't be heaven if there were a presence of sin in heaven, right? And so I'm thankful that we have a God that is just and that wants to eliminate evil. And so I think we don't think about it that way. And it was a good comparison that you use. I often use that comparison too of like, either like, what if a judge were not just, or like, what if um like there was a corrupt cop like i think it's really helpful to give practical examples about this especially to non-believers and um there's a a story that i want to share um as some of you know i'm a teacher i teach grade six and i always try to find a way to talk about my faith and to my students and this week i i think it was last week i showed them the uh, harriet tubman torchlighters episode and they loved it. And I had to explain to them why for, I don't know if everyone knows who Harriet Tubman is, but um, I mean, our listeners, she's this slave woman who brought a lot of people out of slavery and she was a Christian and people gave her the nickname of Moses and it was like a code um, so she could get people out of slavery because if they knew that it was her, well, they were going to kill her, but they couldn't identify her because her name was Moses. And I had to explain to my students why they called her Moses and who Moses was. And so I explained the story to them and they were like, oh yeah, it's like that movie, The Prince of Egypt. And I was like, yeah. And so a lot of them had watched the movie and I actually, they re- they wanted to rewatch it in class. And uh, yesterday was the last day before March break and I told them that I would buy it for them. And so we watched it in class yesterday and a few of my students came up to me and they were like, why did God have to kill the firstborn? It wasn't their fault. And, um, and I was like, that's a really solid question coming from an 11 year old. And so 
Um, I explained to them, I was like, well, Pharaoh knew. He knew he had been warned in advance um, and he disobeyed. He hardened his heart. And so if Pharaoh really loved his son, he would have let the Israelites go. He would have obeyed God and this would not have happened. So it's on him. It's not God's fault. And so the first time she was like, oh, I'm not quite sure. But then I re-explained it and she was like, okay, I get it. So anyways, it made me think of that. Hopefully it's a good comparison to what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think actually this is a good place to land the airplane for this episode. Uh, there's a bit more we want to dive into. We'll dive into it in the next episode and then we will end this series. So I am Greg DeScott. I am your host of the Fancy File Podcast. I thank you very much for joining us. With me today was the marvelous Mighty Mick. Thank you for having me. Rexy. Always a pleasure. Rexasaurus and Melanie. Bye. Take care and God bless.